Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sandspence Radio, we're going to die in a fire. Hey, so Gabe's book is still lying around, ready to be read. Just head to belfrogbooks.com and follow the links to order your copy today. Ebooks are also available through the site, or you can just grab one through Amazon. Also, go watch Michael Shanks' The Wizards of Oz. That's AUS on YouTube right now. It's so much better than whatever trash you're going to listen to now. Trust me, that's The Wizards of Oz. Just just do a Google search or through YouTube, or I think it's like youtube.com slash timtimfed. Whatever, you, you guys are clever. You guys are clever. You work, you work it out. Uh, also, if you're a fan of our D&D podcast, or if you don't know we do a D&D podcast, well, we do a D&D podcast. It's called D&D is for Nerds, and we're having our very first live show on the 28th of May. So if you're in Melbourne and want to see me, Jackson and Allie get killed by goblins, or as we like to call them, gobbos, that Adam throws at us, then come on down to Next Level Games in Preston. All the details and where to purchase the tickets and whatnot are in the show notes, so be quick because seating is limited and tickets won't be sold at the door. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Movie Maintenance, where some films still need fixing. Today we're still talking about Batman vs. Superman. Oh my god, it's like a film that just never ends. So anyway, to to, uh, (laughs) kind of recap, I guess, so it's like, you know, we're still talking about, I guess, where we are in terms of how to improve this film. And Batman and Superman, they've sort of gone to know each other. It hasn't been an all-out fight. It's the kind of the difference is more ideological and they sort of come together and you know having Wonder Woman kind of just uh, for me anyway to appear in that world a bit more naturally and I, I mean I guess you for this you could because I, I know that they want to I mean, this is basically a trailer for the next films you can try and include them a bit more naturally so I think Wonder Woman already being part of the world being like what are you doing Superman you an idiot come on this is what happens just come on. And you can kind of do the same thing with Flash or something like that. It would be nice as well. I remember someone emailed in or something like that, or it was a comment somewhere, was saying it'd be really nice for BVS, particularly for the sequels, as in you know the Flash movie or the Green Lantern movie, if that ever happens or whatever, is you take everything from the destruction of Metropolis. So it was like, what the hell was the Flash doing around at the same time that Metropolis was being destroyed? I mean, that's a nice way of doing something like that in terms of continuing this story. Because if we look at, like, you know, in Star Wars, the Battle of Yavin is, like, day zero. 
Mm. And so everything before the Battle of Yavin, after the Battle of Yavin. So for this universe, you're like, all right, Battle of Metropolis. Sure. So that's your sort of starting point. And it'd be kind of interesting because we saw Batman's perspective. And it'd be kind of cool if we saw, you know, what was Flash up to? What was Wonder Woman up to? What was blah, blah up to? But anyway, I digress. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a perfectly valid kind of a way into it, I guess. Mm. Uh, it, it would save a lot of problems of when they are going to introduce all the other characters in a more fleshed on way. They're going to mm. uh, bring them together. Is, is this going to be kind of tricky? And, and to give them all kind of one starting point that we've already seen. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of one, one sort of really rock solid inciting incident that maybe like retroactively, I guess, affects all of them mm. because uh, there's no way that would have been planned from the start. But, yeah, sort of like having this kind of lightning rod moment that kickstarts the mm. events that bring everyone together almost almost seems pre-planned in a clever way yeah. that I would immediately be sus- made suspicious by because it's <laughs> obviously so far above the abilities of these filmmakers. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll go into the sort of the tail end of, well, like, fuck, sort of the just, third just, act. Just following that idea for just one second, mm. you could have made that the plot of a whole other movie which is that in the wake of Metropolis, you almost frame it with survivors' stories. Mm. A bunch of people who kind of survived the big Metropolis incident, which was yeah, horrific. Yeah. It was 9-11 squared. So, yeah. you know, 81, uh, 99. Mm-hmm, Check mm-hmm. that math. Um, it's probably definitely <laughs> wrong. Um, uh, because so many people died and you have like a meeting of the survivors being like, I was saved by Superman. It's like, I don't know who saved me, but it sure happened quick. He mm. was in and out in a flash. And then maybe some sort of Jim Gordon-esque detective is like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to see what all these crazy stories are. You have some sort of a Agent Mulder type who uh, oh, yeah. is trying to get to the bottom of all these supernatural incidents. Not necessarily a great pitch, but it, it's something. something. It's yeah. like that's a framing device. And through that, we discover the flash. We discover mm. whoever. It's also something we haven't seen before. Hmm. Yeah. Hasn't been done before. Like, like having the endpoint be uh, what you might call a protagonist, like like a character sort of outside who isn't already a pre-established superhero. Because we're not origin storying mm. these people, are we? I guess we are with Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. But uh, the problem with this movie, what you already said, is that it was a trailer to future movies, and it yeah. felt like that so much. Like it's it's a trailer to future movies. It's being jumping off what. It was a very me- mediocre, if not terrible, film of Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah a and broken it's got so film. Much yeah, bad going for it. Like I've always wondered, like how would you actually start the DC universe, like cinematic universe? And I've always wondered, like why they shouldn't have started with Man of Steel. Like to me, Superman is kind of almost like the Hulk. He's good, but in small doses, and you kind of don't want to focus on them. Mm. It's just like you know, like I do, I cherish the Norton film. I do. I really enjoyed it, but Hulk is sort of better if he's not the main character. Do you really like the Incredible Hulk? I did. Like I really, really did. I don't. I don't know why, but I, th- I thought it was neat. Huh. I, I watched okay. it recently again. I'm like, no, nah, I still like it. I haven't Maybe seen since it came out, but I just don't remember crush on Edward Norton. But whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah a I, handsome I boy. <laughs> but and I, I did enjoy. It. I loved Thunderbolt Ross. The um, Tim Roth as uh, Abomination was. Tim Roth's a great good. actor. Yeah. And I, 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 I still actually really enjoy that. And But I think that whole film would have been a lot better if it wasn't a Hulk film, <laughs> maybe. And it's just kind of why I like the Avengers Hulk. It's because he's in the background. He's doing his own thing. And I think that's – I think starting the DC universe with Superman is inherently flawed because he should be the big thing that can't, brings everyone together to be like, what is this thing? Started with, say, someone like Aquaman and like followed the same trajectory as what they did with the D- um, Marvel universe, which was like, let's start with Iron Man. Yeah. 
Iron Man wasn't a cool character. Iron no. Man was kind of bland and boring. I remember when they announced it and everybody was like, really? Really? Iron and even I remember reading the Empire Magazine article <clears throat> about Iron Man at the time, like right before it came out. And I remember like there was a lot of justification going on from John Favreau and everyone that's long before the Marvel Cinematic Universe was something everyone was aware of. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure from memory reading this article, nobody even mentioned that, mm-hmm. but they were all saying, oh, you know, we're, uh, we're sort of, we're, we're going to make this work. And, you know, they were, they were basically constantly, it was like the whole thing was like self-justification. They were constantly addressing the fact that nobody thought Iron Man was going to work. It was a nothing character. It was an unproved property. And But is that maybe why they did it? And as much as uh, there's all these stories about Iron Man was made without a script, that it was uh, it was kind of approved without a solid script. Have you, have you heard that stuff? I haven't heard that stuff yeah, at yeah. all. Yeah, no. no. it's been spoken about a lot that that film didn't have like a, a, a proper script and was not improvised as much as it was sort of like broken down into beats. And from there, they kind of felt out yeah, the film as sure, it went. Sure. Uh, John Favreau joked that they had the poster before they had a script. Uh and I wonder if, if if them being like, Iron Man's going to work, it was more like Marvel Studios hadn't made a movie yet, had they? No. And no. It was more like, rather than risk screwing up our first movie with uh, with uh, whomever, like one of their bigger characters, like, let's just let's test the waters with Iron Man. And if it sucks, you know, it sucks. No, no foul. No harm, hmm. no foul. But it turns out that that movie kind of rocked and, you know. and, you know, set a tone for 13 other movies. Well, and I think what... I think the biggest success of Marvel, and you kind of see this with a lot of other sort of creative, you know, projects, is when there's restrictions or when they have to make do with what they've got. Because of like, you know, back then, Marvel, like, we don't have Spider-Man. We don't have any of the X-Men. We don't even have Fantastic Four. What the fuck do we have? <laughs> so let's try and do good with what we have. And isn't it so telling that, like, you fast forward a few years' time and it's Sony who has to come crawling to Marvel yeah. and, like... Mm take spider-man and <laughs> we'll just like we'll just share the rights that's fine we'll take him whatever mm. because you know and, and the fact that marvel built this cinematic empire off the backs of the i mean if you told me 10 years ago this is where things were going to go and they built a cinematic empire off the backs of iron thor, man and thor iron man <laughs> yeah and then like i suppose captain america and hulk and captain america, all of those films seemed like terrible ideas yeah, I, mean, I didn't know about iron man before the movie but Captain America, I was like, yikes, they're going to make... Everybody said, yeah. Yeah. there's no way this is going to work. He's Everybody's probably like, my favourite character He's in my the favorite universe. Avenger. I, 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 love, I love that take on that character. He's so much fun. How? Yeah. How did we... I don't and, know. And Guardians? Yeah, Guardians When Guardians they announced amazing. that, it's a film with a talking raccoon and a, and a talking tree. How is there any way in hell yeah. this film is... I, I remember at the time, and it, when they announced Thor, I remember being like... Mm. No. Yeah, me no too. Because it's like you're introducing magic into a universe that doesn't have magic. Exactly. There's no way they can make that work. Not, and then they did. Guardians was like made, no fucking way. Because they made ET. They made action ET, mm. which was yeah. awesome. I love that first Thor movie. Like it's goofy and it's weird, but it's yeah. it's funny. It's Thor the best way you can make that character, which is I, a fish out of water comedy. It is. I, I think with Thor, I didn't like the third act. Like I, oh, I, I yeah, really because did, it comes yeah. to like you've got to fight the big monster now. And to me, um, they kind of weirdly. <laughs> I'm not saying ruined Loki, but they, they just changed Loki midway for no real reason. He, Loki went from being like, oh, we, if Lo, if our father doesn't want us to kill the Frost Giants to, father, I killed the Frost Giants for you. Like, Hang on, when was... Well, sure. so that, that film's kind of weirdly subdivided, where it's like the first third is like a pseudo Shakespeare yeah. drama. Mm. The middle third is the fish out of water comedy, which is the best part of the film. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it turns into a superhero film. Mm. And there's and way too many Dutch angles. Every shot yeah. in that movie is a Dutch angle. What's a Dutch angle? Dutch angle is when you uh, take a shot 
and you, rather than have it flat along the horizon, you rotate it. So it's like at a 45 uh. degree angle. And seriously, rewatch Thor, every third shot, no exaggeration, a thousand percent promise you, is a Dutch angle. Like, it's like Kenneth Branagh was like, comic books, I've never read one. They probably do things like this. Crazy, Dutch angle, nah. <laughs> and every single scene, it's like Thor, you know, is, is, is ordering peanuts at a bar or something. And it's just like tilted. It's and crazy. There's like, there's a good reason to do that in, in storytelling or in filming. It's like if a character's up, you know, fighting uphill and they want like to to, mm. to show it you're like yep they're the camera's kind of tilted and they're like yeah, pushing against there's ways the to door just or something for sure and then you know when they go through it and things are kind of better it's like even it goes downhill and those are kind of like okay it, it makes sense in, in, in the sort of story but they're okay. like nah put it in good show things are like unhinged there's a great dutch yeah. angle in the force awakens mm. where uh ray this is a little tangent ray is uh being uh, she's in the woods outside of Mars's uh, cantina, mm-hmm. and Kylo Ren kind of makes her like freeze and lift up, and they do this big kind of they track around her, and they end up with this Dutch angle where I think Ray's on the bottom corner of the screen. Is that screen when he has the lightsaber over her shoulder? Yeah, oh yeah, over her shoulder, yeah, and, it, yeah, and it tilts yeah. up, and he's got the high status, so he's up top, and it's sort of unnerving and supernatural. So you're mm. kind of on this uneven kill. Like that's a great. Uh, 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 justification. For yeah, it's a good the use point, of it. effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, every single like establishing shot in Thor is Dutch. It's really weird. <laughs> I need to. I haven't seen it since it came out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, keep it graphical. Like, hang on, though. Here's, hmm. How's this for like maybe? Look, maybe this is like a totally stupid line of questioning or argument or whatever. But as sort of the respective starts of these cinematic mm-hmm. un- universi, mm-hmm. is that how, how universi? You, correct. Yeah. Why not? Plural, plural <laughs> of universe, universes. Universes. Yep. Um, it's interesting that, like, you know, as as you said last time, how I guess all the Marvel films sort of share a tone, and that tone was kind of established by the first Iron Man in that didn't take itself too seriously, mm-hmm. kind of an underdog character, making the, like you said, Zamet, making the best kind of out of what they had, mm-hmm. um, leaning into humour, into brightness, into fun to sort of make mm-hmm. it work. And, yeah, that did set the tone for the Marvel universe. And getting rid of until... secret entities as well, like straight off the bat. We're like, yep, Iron Man's Tony Stark, fuck it. Yeah, exactly. From then, yeah, we haven't really that had window. And that sort of set a precedent where Marvel could take mm. the lesser-known characters because, yes, your Iron Man wasn't as ludicrous as... Guardians of the Galaxy or even Thor. Oh, no, no. Let me tell you a story about Iron Man. Oh, good. Here we go. So, you see, (laughs) what was revealed at one point is that Iron Man was brainwashed by Kang or some bullshit. Kang from The Simpsons? No, no. Kang as in the time traveler. uh, Kang the Conqueror who... Side note about Kang the Conqueror. Uh, so he is known as like the immortal, um, some fucking Comic pharaoh. So fucking um, Kang has this really weird history where because he's gone time the cankerer, like it would you, just you'd save think a lot of time. It would be nice, but no, he's Kang the Conqueror, <laughs> and he's also Kid Iron Man as well, and so. Kid Iron Man hates Kang the Conqueror, i.e. himself, so he tries to reform the Avengers after the the breakup of the Avengers because he's like, fuck, I hate my older self, so he tries to rebel against his older self. But then the older self of Kang the Conqueror is like the immortal or uh, one of the pharaohs or the first pharaohs who, like, Apocalypse met. And so Kang the Conqueror has always had this weird shift where he kind of hates who he was and hates who he's going to be, and it's just an amazing, an amazing character. Anyway, so he... Avengers villain, 
And so Iron Man was revealed to sort of either be like an evil version or like brainwashed to be evil. So then the Avengers are like, no, let's go back in time and get like 12-year-old Iron Man uh, to come into the future to battle current Iron Man. And they did that. And I think they kill off older Iron Man. So for a while, it was just young Iron Man, like kid Iron Man of like a 12-year-old being like, I'm Iron Man. And then the um, (laughs) onslaught came around who was um, Xavier when he brainwashed Magneto. So Gabe, I I hear you've got a book out. Um, And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, babe, you got a blood nose. <laughs> so, yeah, Iron Man, dumb. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. But I, I'm, I'm fairly sure that, like, if you follow, you know, the the quality morass of comic books, I guess, down the He had roller hole. skates at one point. Sorry? He had roller on skates at one point. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure if you he was the Xanadu comic of comic book character books. for long uh-huh. enough, they will hit these. Yeah. Oh, hang on. No, Nadirs. I think that was Ro- Rhodey. Was Rhodey took over the Iron Man suit for a while, and I think he made it, he got, improved it with roller skates. So he just pressed a button and roller skates just popped out of his boot. Fuck, it was rad. Not out of his uh, bones. That'd no, be way cooler. Would, I got roller bones. <laughs> wow, not only. <laughs> roller bones is a great name for his <laughs> Not only suddenly does the Marvel Cinematic Universe seem so good compared to its competitor, <laughs> uh-huh. but compared to its source material. Let me tell you about Cap Wolf. Wow. <laughs> but no, like, I just, it's. Just, just kind of thinking about like you know these these films that sort of set the precedent for a universe, mm. and yeah, like Iron Man set a precedent that's still paying dividends to this day. Um, Man of Steel. So yes, yeah. right. yes, Man of Steel. Who wants more of that universe? I don't know. Who? Like See, it. I, I how can... is that a sustainable ongoing franchise? The, the thing about the thing about Marvel, I think, is that every film, give or take, is fun. Mm-hmm. And is escapist mm-hmm. to a degree. Some are a little bit darker. Some are some play with genre, whatever. But generally speaking, every film is fun. Every film you could like. There is there is not a single. I mean, I haven't seen Incredible Hulk since it came out, but mm. I remember not thinking much of it. But like, it's it, still like, got some fun moments. If I saw Ant Man on TV. I wouldn't be offended. I'd just be like, oh yeah, yeah. whatever, Ant Man. And like, if I was sitting there, you know, if, if I was, you know, yeah, you're, you're never not in on. the mood to watch a Marvel movie. You're not yeah, necessarily in not, the mood to watch it. But if it's, if on, it's on, you'll always be like. Oh, this is kind of fun. Yeah. Nobody's going to be like, oh, fuck off. I don't want to watch this. Yes, but like, if Man of Steel was on, I'd be like, oh, dear. Like, I'd only put it on to be like, to prove to my girlfriend about how awful it is. Yeah, no. Yeah. But you see, like, yeah. maybe that's why, like, why Marvel can produce, you know, 13, whatever, however many I films they produce, now, something yeah. ludicrous, and still be producing films and still have people going yeah. to see them because even though, yeah, sure, it's undemanding, it's unchallenging, but. You know what you're in for. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's entertaining. They say it's like, I don't want to sit through another mm. Batman vs. Superman. Oh, I just don't want to sit there and be like depressed and have nothing to enjoy. And I am curious and because- And Man of Steel set that tone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm curious because, again, Marvel had to just make do what they had. And I know you've said this when Arrested Development 4, season 4 came out. It was kind of like, you, you see the first three seasons and how clever they were and how what they had to do to get around a lot of the censorship and a lot of what the yeah, higher-ups yeah. wanted. And it had to be really clever to kind of- work within that parameters and then when season four came about i, I still enjoyed rest out in okay, season four yeah. but it didn't have those parameters to work around and so it was just like anything that we wanted to just went and it was good whereas the previous seasons the genius of it i felt was how they worked within those parameters and i think that's it was why kind of the same with community like with mm. the first the early seasons of community how they sort of had to be yeah an nbc show it was a meta narrative like the show was self-aware yeah enough. and then when it came to season six when they were yahoo and they could literally do whatever they wanted and suddenly it just seemed like a lot less. No, then again the cousins is okay less. episode oh, that was fucking brilliant. on that point was absolutely you, did you see no, I haven't so, seen season, a lot of community at all. Okay, so 
This it's thing. weird because I love Dan Harmon and Rick and Morty. I've never gotten into Community. Oh, fair, fair enough. Look, I don't, I, I don't care. I, like, I mean, it's a sort of show I've seen accidentally and been mm. like, I should watch this show. It's like Scrubs, but more me. I, and I, then I, I've just never sat the down. The first and few it. seasons are really good. It's um, on Netflix, so I can't see it. And that's all I yeah, have at the moment. No, nah, fair enough. Like, the first few seasons are good. Um, and the last season, like, it tries to do. It just was one of those things where if it had gone on its own, like, a let, let to sort of do its own thing, it would have been probably good. But then they kind of fucked up a few things here and there. And but they, well, they got Dan Harmon for season yeah. Dan yeah. Harmon, then they brought Dan, in someone else, yeah. and they brought Dan Harmon back. But by that point, it was already the off the rails. Ship. Yeah, I, I then, think that's that's more the point that I would mm. say is the downfall for his development. Way tangential here mm-hmm. is that rather than the <clears throat> rather than the fact that we were that they had uh, <clears throat> less to rebel against, it's more that. 10 years had gone past. Yeah, and, and like back back when they made season one, like Michael Sarah was a nobody just mm, doing this great performance. They everyone together in the same room. They had to kind of exactly. CGI them all into one scene. Yeah, there's so much weird green screen in that oh, season. It's insane. And uh, and then by the time they make season four, Michael Sarah is Michael Sarah. Mm. And, and Jason Bateman is Jason Bateman. And before Rest of Development, Jason Bateman it was in a real lull of his career. That kind of, kind of pulled yeah. him out, if, according to his Marin episode at least. Yeah. And uh, by that point, I guess... The magic's gone. Like, I yeah. think it's really rare to pick something up that's, like, to reboot something with mm. the same people. Don't say that. So good. <laughs> when Hannibal comes back, it's going to be better than ever. Nothing. I don't care what uh, anyone says. But side side Jason Bateman, no. <clears throat> Has anyone seen Zootopia? I have. No, apparently it's oh, awesome. Fuck, it's great. Like, it's great. best film I've seen this year. It's so you know, beautiful. That's apparently it's, the it, top Batman vs. Super at the box office. Good. Like, apparently it's about to top oh, a billion. It's, it's awesome. Oh, and it's, I loved it's it. It's crazy that a movie about, like, how white people uh, suppress <laughs> and oppress other races is this big kids movie that's all about yeah. to make a million dollars. Like, it's, it's kind the, of the like. The subtext of that movie is. Oh, it, have you heard it? It's kind of like Dark, that. Um, it's good. Yeah. It's good shit. It's the kind of like the crack cocaine giving it to black people conspiracy the movie. Yeah, yeah. It that is. It's so it's so it's crazy. So fucking good. I love that film. Like I watched it. Make being... this guy a criminal. Wait, he's white. No, he's gonna be great. Like, yeah, it's, it's just full on movie. One of like honestly, like, hand hand like, hand of God. It's like one of my favorite films. This, I this saw year. that movie drunk off my ass at eleven a.m. <laughs> alone in sydney like a month ago because <laughs> i was in sydney and i was trapped and i had nothing to do all my friends were working i was flying away in like six hours i just had nothing to do i was walking around the cbd and nothing mm. to do so i just got fucking slosh because anybody i could sit down was a bar and then went to a kids movie and i just i felt like such a creep because i didn't oh, want anybody yeah. to like to see me there because i was this adult in a kids movie so i kind of like <laughs> made this like you're going by yourself uh, by myself so i had, like and i had all my baggage with me so i had like three bags and i like made a mountain of like jackets to like hide in with just my eyes kind of peeping out like a pillbox while i watched this kids movie and was like yeah yeah stick it to the white people yeah like, this movie i know i love that movie it was great. Oh, I guess I would do here. We like we either saw that or my big fat Greek wedding too. And we're like, mm, no, that's, <laughs> yeah, easy that's an easy choice. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's just a, it's like it's a it's a bunny cop film, and I love it. It was oh, so awesome. good. Anyway, anyway, um, <laughs> so back well, to what we oh, uh, that's yes, what we're talking about. So Batman v Superman. Superman. So yes, it's the idea of trying um, desperately not to talk about this movie as much so, as when I was in the cinema, I was trying desperately not to watch this movie. Just <laughs> are a little bit sick of talking about it. A little bit. But no, nah, I could no, not really. I could still love talking simultaneously, about simultaneously, like I, I'm sick of talking about it, but I could talk about it forever. Yeah, same. Mm. Um, but yeah, the whole creative <laughs> sort of I this is what my point was. Yeah, so the whole yeah, aggressive development having that you know complete under creative control. There was no sort of going within the box. And same thing with you know Marvel. They had this like we had basically we had to make diamonds out of coal and we did whereas the dc universe they're like no we'll just start with uh, superman and then we're gonna just get batman that's gonna be great and fuck you all yeah there's real chutzpah in that move Mm. uh, because people didn't like man of steel and they must have known that and they were like 
Well, but like, I, but people I, I, do I, like Man of Steel. Some people and uh, like they are ooh, like get angry if you don't. Yeah, I bet that. But I think I I feel like at the core of that is just a Superman fan who wants a good superhero and movie, like a Superman I, movie. And the thing is, like, uh, uh, people sort of criticize me. Can I just point yeah. out, like, we're in a world where Man of Steel grossed six hundred million and Guardians of the Galaxy grossed eight hundred million. Oh, there you mm-hmm. go. You know, uh, like, no, no, no. so it, there, there is sort of like arguments that it was a trash DC, film. They should have known like this. These film film executives constantly seem to disprove this but at the same time you would think they can't be stupid right mm, you like hope. you're there you've got billions of dollars literally billions of dollars so many careers and livelihoods resting on your decisions surely somebody in the upper echelons of dc or warner brothers or whatever mm-hmm. looked at man of steel and were like okay we and i mean look i mean obviously i think they made the choice i made to a make, tiny big mistake they made a choice to throw <laughs> batman in there because they were like okay so let's look at man of steel all right people didn't love that okay how do we how do we rescue that for the sequel if we make a straight man of steel sequel it's probably not going to do that well what do we do throw batman in there don't yeah, fix yeah. the tone no. don't change the director no. don't change any of the actual issues with man of steel why would you keep lean into the it, same fact. things keep it so much <laughs> of a piece just throw in batman <laughs> and give him the exact same terrible treatment yeah. as superman which you know suits batman marginally mm-hmm. more i guess but he's still a dreary angry man for yeah. the bulk of the film and hope for the best oh, well, like how, yeah. how are these people paid so much money I don't know. to not recognize what is wrong with the, these the thing films? is that i i understand their logic there was mm. just na- naivety right because they must have thought the nolan films that we made were great they were grim they made a lot of money let's do it with superman that didn't work but, well when we did grim with batman it worked so let's just put batman in the grim movie and it'll work again. it's like well you know batman begins and make that much money but dark knight made so much now nah, fuck it, give him a sequel yeah and, and mm. also those nolan films are not as grim as, as these no, films. no they, they, they have a sense of humor no yeah they do they yeah. have hearts sometimes misjudged yeah. so that's what that feels like yeah, yeah. Bung me out the third movie to? who are you yeah. talking to oh, God, i really wish he had like winked at the camera i feel like that said criticisms of the first two Nolan films and criticisms of The Dark Knight Rises sort of fall into two very different classes of criticism. Well, mm-hmm. I was like, Dark Knight Rises is guilty pleasure of mine. I actually really like that movie. I have it's, no it's flawed, issue but with it's it. like, if, it's I a, can if that's get, on TV, I'll no watch that movie. I have no issue with it compare it to The Dark Knight. Look, yeah, if yeah, I can yeah, get right. The Dark Knight Rises and just uh, cut every scene that doesn't have Bane in it, then I'm like, I'm going to have a good time. Mm. If I, I could loved just, like, Bane. just get the, all Bane. the Bane, I'm like, yep, I'm it having a good so time. Crazy. Oh, perhaps you're wondering why you would shoot a man. Oh, fuck, no, I love it. But throw him out of a plane. Everything that Ian McKellen on a respirator bad. with the body of like a pro wrestler, mm. what, whatever is going on, yeah. awesome. Mm. Love it. So I think, I don't know, I found it really weird in the very opening of BVS. They're like, what do people complain about the most? The Distraction Metropolis. Let's show it again. <laughs> But I always wondered, like, what what would be the ideal way to start and kickstart the DCU if they could just do over again and be like, mm, I fucked up. I, I always think they should have done something like Iron Man and get almost like a joke character, i.e. Aquaman, who mm. is everyone makes fun of, even though the new 52 Aquaman is on point, and do a whole film know. about <laughs> Aquaman. How much is DC paying you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is something I, I get a lot of criticism because before we saw Batman v Superman, I'm like, it's going to be trash. And it's like, people are like, oh, you just don't want to like the movie. It's like, no, I want to love this movie. I want to love the movie. We all want right. to love a fucking Batman like, movie. I, I want to love a Superman film. I, I haven't seen a good, you know, modern day Superman film in a long time. Like, even though I kind of did like Superman Returns, it still has its flaws. 
And it, it's, I haven't seen that, but from what I can tell, it actually looks kind of cool. Like, like it's, it's, it's like a decent movie. It's a decent film. The problem there is everyone was expecting one thing and they got another one, and it's a, it's a direct sequel to the Richard Donner super, uh, Superman films, which of course you know the whole audience has never really seen, and yeah. it's kind of keeps the same tonal stuff. But now it's that's just silly, and Superman throws a hot zero punches, and you're like, no, I just want to see him just punch a guy in the sun. That's all I want to do. Come on, just pick him up it's and funny, like- into the sun. Yeah, people people always going on about it. Oh, you know, you don't want to don't want like this movie. Like I remember watching the trailers for Batman vs Superman, and all my cynicism towards comic book movies in general, mm-hmm. all my cynicism towards like you know the current state of blockbuster filmmaking, whatever, towards mm-hmm. Zack Snyder in particular, flew out the window at that first trailer because I sat mm-hmm. there and I was like, okay, on the one hand, there's a part of me that's like, this is going to be fucking terrible. You know, this is going to be fucking terrible. <laughs> Hate it, hate it now. And on the other hand, there was a much louder, much more powerful part mm-hmm. of me that was like, "This is going to be the best thing ever. I can't wait for this." Like I was yeah, sold yeah, when yeah. the film came out. I was like, I hated myself yeah. for it. But I remember talking to my housemates and being like, "I am legitimately excited yeah. for Batman vs Superman, and I know I shouldn't be. I know that Zack Snyder's burnt me before. <sighs> I know that like I hate most of his output." Mm. I'm going to hate this film. This film is going to be terrible, but I really, really want to like it. Yeah, because like I love the Nolan films, and I grew up with Superman, and you know I love Superman yeah. from growing up with him. So it sold it was me. Leading into stuff I loved, like the first half of the trailer sold me. Like I've never been so on board. It it got it got me actually like rethinking. Trailer? Yeah, Dude, it that got, was yeah. It got me rethinking Man of Steel. Like it did. To be like, oh no, he's just an arsehole. And everyone's like, Superman's an arsehole and Batman's going to take him to task. Everything I have, like, my, my issues with Man of Steel is going to be addressed. This is fantastic. I'm so sold. This is going to be the best fucking film ever. And then, like, Doomsayer comes in and then it's like, is she, is she with you? And, like, I thought he was with you. And we're in a cape. And it's just, and it's like, you just, you went from selling me to, to just losing me in, in about 30 seconds. Also, Batman, you emailed her. You yeah. know she's with you. Come on. Um, but I, mean, it was just... I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's she with you. I thought she was with you. It's like, yeah, I, I emailed her. She's with you. <laughs> Pulls out a gun. <laughs> what are you doing, Bruce? Yeah. What the fuck? So I've always thought, like, how would you do this? And I think DC, the DCU could have, you could keep the same tone as Man of Steel. If you wanted to, if that was like a sequel, right? <laughs> if you hate yourself, if you ha- your if you clearly hate yourself, but if you started with something like Aquaman, you kind of make it a little bit goofy and a little bit kind of silly and that kind of stuff, and maybe the next movie was The Flash, and you sort of do the same thing that Iron Man and Thor did, and then you then can have Man of Steel or Superman coming in, and then him just changing the game completely. Because to me, having a Man of Steel, a Superman, an alien who is invulnerable coming in and fucking up everything, that just changes the game for all superheroes because then Batman could be like, hey, Super Squad, this guy changes the game. What do we do with this? And then they could actually kind of come together and fight him and then they like, can, you know, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, right? imagine if you had like, I fucking never, never even thought of that. Like you started with like an Aquaman or I mean, even a Batman, like, maybe it's too soon to do Batman again if in this hypothetical universe mm-hmm. this is, like... Where even DC something like The Atom, did. right? Yeah, why not? Fuck like, it. those characters, and, you know, you, you set up those characters, you can start having them cameoing, crossing over each other's movies, and then you drop Superman, and then suddenly you've got a, an angle that a superhero film has never done before. Well, Watchmen kind of did, mm. but, like, actually expand it with characters who we know and have been around for years, mm-hmm. where you've got all these, let's face it, B-list superheroes who mm-hmm. we've established through films and made people like, like Marvel did... Them kind of sitting there being like, well, now Superman's here. What relevance do any of us have? 
Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that could be an interesting Imagine take. that playing out in, right. like, a Justice League film or, like, a Justice League Part 1 where it's all these superheroes being, like, and, you know, then you have an arc of them sort of learn. I mean, if you want to get kind of cheesy about it, but, I mean, I think it would work. Like, an arc of all these characters, like your Aquamans, like your Atoms, like your Batmans, learning where their value lies and where mm. their place is in a world where there is somebody who is a million times more powerful than all of them. But that, that'd that be cool. I've right? watched that. That hasn't been done before. And that's but, why like, you, Watchmen, you, you yeah. just don't start with Man of Steel. Yeah. That's almost like an unfair of us to pitch sort of a thing because they did start with Man of Steel. I think if we're... Oh, yeah. If, yeah. if, 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 no, if the, 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 the mission statement of this is mm. to... Fix it, <laughs> like what yeah. do you do? And it's still I, fun to I don't know what though. to do yeah. because so, Man of Steel just was uh, the wrong thing to start with. It's yeah. like you ever hear that story about like how how the Breaking Bad writers um, wrote Breaking Bad, like how basically they said Vince Gilligan was like quite open about the fact that they literally just made it up as they went along, and their whole style was that they knew how it was going to start and they knew how it was going to end. They were like, we want to take this boring teacher and turn him into Scarface. Great. And that was it. They were like, mm-hmm. however long it takes us to get there, that's how end game. Everything in between is fair game. And so much change that went along. And if you watch Breaking Battle Better Call Saul, you notice they have like a very organic style mm. where I, I, it's hard to explain. Better Call Saul really exhibits this, where, exhibits this where things that feel like resolutions actually start the next thing. Anyway, this is totally relevant to this argument because what I was broadly <laughs> saying was that basically the way Vince Gilligan and his team wrote those shows was that they would write their characters into impossible conundrums and then have to think of ways out of it. Hmm. You're like, all right, we're going to put what we're going to stick Walt and Jesse in an RV. Hank is banging on the door. He knows they're in there. He's about to find them out. How do they get out of that? Hmm. And generally speaking, the solutions would lead to the next problem and the next problem, the next problem. That's kind of how I feel the writers of Batman vs Superman were right after Man of Steel. It was like, this is what we've got to work with. We're in an impossible situation. How do we take this? Mm. How do we take this piece of shit and make it something? Yeah. How do we just roll this shit into Twitter? (laughs) (laughs) Instead, they were like, we're going to lean into everything everyone hated. Yeah, because they fucking doubled down. They're like, you hate this shit? Well, here's more of it. Was that a trailer for the new um, Alice in Wonderland film the other day? Mm. And it's like, the whole trailer is just reprises of things from the yeah, first it looks one. Exactly, like, the look same at as all the first these movie. things that you, you know, all these things you didn't love about the first one. <laughs> uh, have yes. more of them. Have ten times as much oh, because you'll like it more. You know what's crazy? If that, you have more. That of first it. movie came out, I think, seven years ago. Maybe yeah, it was six. Two thousand ten. It was a long time yeah. ago that movie came out, and now there's a sequel. It's like why? Why? Because it made who a bunch was, of money. But like, who, who was wanting the sequel? Movie? Yeah. <sighs> oh, that movie bummed me out. It's the only time I've gone to the cinema high, and I was so high. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and man, it sucks. <laughs> it still sucks. But like- it was in 3D, and I like I, I ate like a weed brownie like before going into the cinema. This was again like that's how old the film was that I still consumed marijuana, <laughs> which I haven't done for years. Um, and the movie starts in 2D, and you're in the 3D glasses, and then it goes into 3D. And I think that's supposed to be like this, like whoa moment to all the stoners in the audience. <laughs> and so I was just like, oh, fuck this. Like, I, so it couldn't even please a stoner. No, I think it gave me a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> there, you know, you haven't made a good stoner film. No, what are you yeah. doing, Burton? More like Blunderland. <laughs> Got him good. Uh, Again, like it's it, isn't that just like such a weird logic of just we we know mm. you didn't love this. Mm. So instead of being like, okay, how do we 
how do we like you know that what what you've been pitching with this is like yeah, how do yeah. we take like basically in fact the promise was there with being like let's take the battle of metropolis and be like let's look at the aftermath of this and have this feed in something else that is that's almost redactive in, it's yeah. good it? it's a good idea in theory it's like let's take mm-hmm. a fuck up and make something good out of it let's write ourselves out of an impossible oh, situation fuck. instead they're like yeah we'll start with that uh-huh. and then we'll just throw more of yeah, what you good. hated the first time and it's almost like let's bludgeon the audience into submission let's hit them with so much of what they didn't like yeah. that they maybe that will think that they will because surely the end they'll of the just film be like, is yeah, just okay. the battle of metropolis again yeah. twice and even though they say we've abandoned that island yeah. nobody's dying <laughs> like it's, it's still the same yeah, shit still the same. Oh, like, before I go back to the so the end of um, what I was talking before, <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. no, whatever. It's started. like an idea. <laughs> Lean into the fact that yes, everyone hated Man of Steel, and everyone was like, "Yeah, Man- Superman's so dark and gritty." What the fuck? Like, what if instead of anything they did, they just made Batman Adam West Batman? What if they just lent into Batman, Batman being like a pillar of good? What if they just made Batman just? The complete opposite of dark oh. and gritty. What if they made him just bright? That and would be just too ama- annoying because like, Superman would be so dark. No, no, and fuck gritty. it. You have Superman, dark, <laughs> gritty. You have Batman, and you have Robin. Fuck it. There's a At real least you lean have some in. contrast. Yeah, and then you just have the two of those. Just what you did wasn't good for the the citizens. Oh, <laughs> how about this? How about you have like Batman is like this hopeful kind of you know paragon of hope and justice and all of that, and he's got Robin and mm-hmm. all of this. And in the events of the film, Robin is killed. Batman loses everything. So by the time this is probably fucking stupid, but by the time we get to Justice League, Superman's got a Superman crowbar, like, oh. is Superman, and Batman is oh, yeah. the Dark Knight. I think I mean, doing a, a modern movie where Batman is paragon of good and justice <laughs> is as stupid as making a Superman movie where he is a dark, depressed arsehole. And I guess we've already done that, so fuck it. So, like, so hey, look, if fuck. we're... If, if they we're leaning into these mistakes, we <laughs> like, might as well right? Yeah. out. Right? Like Let's you, just get everything else wrong. But like, if they had done that, I'd be like, you know what? Well done. You made <laughs> Superman, Batman, and Batman Superman. And you know what? I can, I can respect that. At least that. it'd be contrast, I right? guess. Least, you know, like yeah. Rather than like, nah, let's make everyone Batman squared. Let's have Good. the exact same characters mm-hmm. with two different costumes. Yeah. And let's be invested in that conflict. Yeah, that's super good. So anyway, getting back to what uh, we said in sort of part one, which was sort of get, coming towards the end of the, the, the tail end of act three, which was me being like, well, look, we need it. I needed a doomsday. And I was like, well, I hate that. I hated them using a doomsday. So kind of a bit of a um, recap or a refresher was I was talking about like the ultimate Reed Richards kind of getting in contact with what he thought was actually um, normal 616 universe Reed Richards. It turns out to actually be zombie Reed Richards. And he's like, I fucked everything up. I got duped bad. So, like, having that, and so Lex Luthor going into the, the crash site and, you know, stumbling upon some otherworldly signals or whatever it was, and, you know, I was using the word, you know, Steppenwolf, because apparently that is what was meant to happen in the communion yeah, thing. Yeah, that was a mm-hmm. weird scene. This will solve all your problems, audience. No. No, it didn't. Really? Okay. Yeah, what is any of this? It's so telling they released a deleted scene like the day after they mm-hmm. released the movie. It's just like ugh. I remember reading like, some of those a, comments. What a feeble attempt at like, fuck this will this will this will clarify things, and then it just, oh, just doesn't. What I, was the I, point? I was, read, of I was reading some of those comments. People were like, oh man, this should have made it into the film. And you're like, why? That would yeah. have just been confusing it as make fuck. Any sense? It does. It, it, it does. Like, um, did you guys ever listen to uh, Fat Man on Batman, uh, no. the Kevin Smith Batman podcast? Negatory. So, uh, one of the very, very early on episodes, uh, he does this interview with Diedrich Bader, who does the voice of Batman in Batman Brave and the Bold. And he was talking to Kevin Smith 
really good interview. I think it's in two parts. I recommend it. And he's talking about why humans love story, like stories and storytelling. Uh, and he was talking about what are humans really good at. And he's like, well, can we run? I mean, we can run, but there are things out there that are faster than us. Okay. Like, can we fight? Well, I guess we can throw a punch and maybe you can scratch someone. But there are things out there that are stronger than us and have That's claws. That's how you fight. You're right? punching your scratch. Punching your scratch. But there's things out there that are much better at that. It's like, well, I can climb a tree. Well, fucking things out there are better at climbing a tree. I can swim. Sharks, mate. So it's like, <laughs> what are we really good at? And he was like, well, we're very good at tracking. We're very good at you know, following something. And he kind of used the story, which was if you get your you're a hunter out there and you see a deer and you throw your spear at him, you get it and don't kill it, but you wound it and the deer just fucking chuffs off. Can I just jump in quickly? Yep. If you had that spear, would you carry it with you to fight the deer or would you leave it maybe a couple of buildings over, like implanted into the floor <laughs> in case your fight with the deer sort of spiraled into that uh, thing? And then mm-hmm, after mm-hmm, you smash mm-hmm. that deer over the head with a toilet basin, yep, yep, you can yep. maybe stab it. I think I think because that would be my plan. Yeah, that's a pretty good plan. It's a good one. I might I might just table that because why would I carry a spear like a dickhead exactly. when I can smack someone over the head with a toilet block? Yeah, the least useful uh, weapon is is when it's in your hand. Yeah, that's silly. If I could summon it, maybe, but nah, we'll just leave it there. So you have a spear, get the deer, deer nicks him, deer chuffs off. So you're like, all right, well, I gotta go find that deer. So you go over over to the trees, and you know, there's a bit of blood, and you're like, okay, he went this way. So you go follow it, and you kind of ah, oh, like he's a bit of, a bit of tuft of fur, and it's like, yep, cool, I'm on the right track. Let's keep going this way. Then you keep walking. Oh, there's some, there's some footprints. There's some deer footprints. Sweet. And so you keep walking. You keep following these little breadcrumbs, these little trails. And like, eventually, you find the dead deer of a wound being like, oh, he's dead. And you're like, all like your dopamine just hits off. You're like, I did good. I tracked this beast. And now I'm going to eat tonight. And that's fucking great. And you kind of apply that to storytelling. And that's what, you know, you need in good storytelling. Because it's like, okay, here's a bit of, here's a bit of hint of what's happening. Here's little breadcrumbs over here. Oh, well, this thing leads to this thing over here. And, and oh, oh, and then suddenly, you, you, you know, you're adding up. You're adding these clues. You're like, yeah, this, then this, then this. Yeah, it makes sense. And then you get a D and you're like, fuck yeah. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, I'm going to eat tonight. My cave wife is going to love this and maybe I'm going to get some sex. I don't know, but it's going to be great. So that's what we love is storytelling because we follow this and we're following all this like, you know, deer blood, deer uh, hoof prints and deer fur and we get a dead deer. And that's good. However, if you're following this and the end of the line, you're like, there's a dead boar. What, what the fuck is this? Is this a boar that's dead? I don't, I don't understand. What Tilt the up, there's a deer holding a sword <laughs> being like, like, bring it, motherfucker. Like, what the fuck is even happening? <laughs> or alternatively, you know, in, in this, and, and this is what I think BBS does is that you're following these trails and at the end you don't get a dead deer but you get like a dead something else that's alien and it's like maybe there's some claw marks on it it kind of looks a little bit diseased and yeah there's a there's a couple of wounds and so you're like what happened here did i kill it is it dise- i don't understand <laughs> And, and, and then you pan from the deer to Steppenwolf, and yeah. you're like, oh, it makes sense oh, of now. Course, of course. So I think there's something in it with storytelling and the ability to kind of follow a trail and the ability to kind of give clues about what's going to happen next, or at least logical things that kind of one follows the other, that BVS just doesn't fucking do in, in the slightest. And then we sort of made, we raised this before, but you know all those other things that just don't pay off in this film at all. And they're like, why did you include them? It's confusing. It's, it's confusing. Like, I understand. And not to be like, oh, well, clearly you just didn't understand it because you weren't smart enough for this film. Like, no, I can understand it, but there's a lot of assumptions to make. Yes, I go over there and I see a dead deer, but I can make the assumption that maybe my spear got it, but there's still some disease marks over there and there's still some other claw marks. And I, I can assume it was me, but maybe the, the liver cancer got him. M- maybe, you know, it was another kind of creature that swept, you know, swept down and smacked him in the face. I can make the assumption that it was me that did it, but I don't know if I'm right or not. And speculation is good because it might be, sound like right now I'm being like, no, speculation is bad. Don't I want everything spoon fed? Yeah, you're, a you're not saying the audience needs to be hit over the head with what's happening. No, but you're, you're saying that like there's plot holes that you can get away with and plot holes that you can't. Yeah, I actually think that a real sign of a great filmmaker or a great story is when you have a plot hole that people don't notice. Yeah, like plot holes are awesome like coming from a like a writer or a directory kind of point of view like being able to utilize the plot hole is awesome it's great that at the end of jurassic park when they're surrounded by velociraptors mm-hmm. and nothing's going to happen that the t-rex leans in out of nowhere yeah. and kills him even though we've pre-established that the t-rex uh creates earthquakes with his footsteps exactly because you don't notice that until you know you don't the, care because you're sort of caught up in you're caught story. up in the moment and 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 bvs isn't that there's no. things that might you need to kind of fill in the blanks, but you're not captivated to, yeah, to figure it like out. I was it's talking just... about the Dark Knight um, mm. part one and how, you know, at the end of the Dark Knight, where it's like, you know, when Batman rides off and it's like, you know, because he's the hero we deserve, but not the one we need right now. And honestly, like, if you really stop and stopped and critically thought about it, you'd be like, they could have just blamed the Joker and everything would have been fine. But it doesn't <laughs> matter because you're so caught up in that moment and you're so like, this is the best awesome. I've ever seen in my this life. This is great. I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I mean, Plot holes, every story has plot holes. Like every, yeah. it, pretty much it does. Because if a film didn't have plot holes, if it was written in plot holes, it'd be 
fucking boring. Exactly. And boring some of them are shit. glaring and terrible. Yep. But I mean, some it's like great. Look, what about like the Dark Knight when when you know. And people, a lot of people mention this in retrospect. I can guarantee mm-hmm. you that almost no one mentioned it, uh, noticed it in the film when Batman like jumps mm. up the window to save Rachel, and then just cuts to the next day. And it's like, yeah. just left the joke. The joke the is still like in a fight. Yeah. But did anybody? I definitely didn't notice that in no, the film. No, no, it no. never occurred. I, to I me. think I, I noticed that like yeah. third or fourth viewing because I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, but, but like I was so I was like, so swept up shit. in it. Like a film's a, look, a film and a story ultimately. Like yeah, sure. I mean, films or, have um, depth and comment, and you know, comment on things and make you think about things and whatever. But like at the end of the day. A story has one real purpose, and that is to entertain you. Yeah. And if it's doing that, mm-hmm. then everything else is pretty much moved. Yeah. Yeah. It's, really. If you're like in a blockbuster space, you're you're making a film for the first time viewer. You're assuming people are going to watch a movie yeah. once mm-hmm. and then move on. You're, you're not making something with subtext. I'm not. You know, this is general statements. I'm not saying this should apply to everything oh, or even course, every yeah. blockbuster. But those sorts of decisions are great because it keeps the movie working along for your huge mm-hmm. broad mainstream audience. Like The Force Awakens was a movie that when I saw that, I loved it. It was mm. great. And we watched it a few more times and I was like, oh, that doesn't quite make sense. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. It's like, who cares? Because if that made a bit more sense, maybe it wouldn't have been so much fun the first time. And it's yeah, sort, exactly. of a, it's sort of a balancing exactly. act. Like say, you know, even with the more of, of The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, there's a bit where uh, Bane enters a tunnel on the motorbike and then he, in broad daylight, then yeah. he just pops out in mid at the midnight because... Because the filmmakers know Batman looks dumb in the day. Sure does. And it's like you just don't notice it because even though I would say The Dark Knight Rises is not a good film, you are still captivated but in the moment. There are, that's I was just thinking that that's the difference between The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. That in The Dark Knight, when Batman jumps out a window to save Rachel and leaves the Joker up in there with all these people, you don't question it. You're like, yeah, cool, whatever. I'm so caught up in this. It's fine. And then maybe you notice it later. In The Dark Knight Rises, when Bruce Wayne gets to Gotham with no explanation of yeah, how yeah, in there, yeah. you're sitting there being like, yeah, it. it takes you out every time. Like, yeah. I was watching and being like, wait, how, how? He doesn't have a passport. How? He's got like a broken back. He's got no money. He's got See, no I like to resources. think that the jail cell was actually in the outskirts of Gotham. <laughs> yeah, they never like in the farmlands. Like, made it out <laughs> yeah, that it was right. in like Turkey or whatever. <laughs> no, no, no. Just like the outskirts of Gotham. It's fine. Or, you know, it was in Metropolis, which apparently is across the bay. It's across the bay. You had a swim. You had a swim. So anyway, so yeah. So going back to Lex Luthor in the little pod and he's kind of working and this is how he understands a lot of the stuff that is going on this is how he maybe understands about superman and about the kryptonite and all that kind of stuff is that he has this conversation with who he thinks is maybe on his side because maybe have lex luther have a little bit like who is this alien have him a little bit more like he is in the comic books which is like hating on superman because he's like he's not a man he's an alien i'm gonna be the best man that i can be and that's why i love that you know the relationship they have or in some of the versions of the comic book is that uh, lex luther tries to be the ultimate man in a way and so you could have this um bait and switch for lex luther um lex luther thinking one thing but really not and have this in the character of the steppenwolf character or one of um dark seeds little blackies and him being like yeah kryptonians oh dickheads aren't they yeah well look i'm gonna help you out and then if you free me kind of thing and the backstory here and you can allude to it you don't have to kind of just shovel this into the audience's face if you don't want to you can just allude to it but the actual backstory here would be he was one of those criminals that the kryptonians captured and they couldn't keep him in the real like you know in our universe they just kind of pushed him to like a phantom zone-esque type thing that they did with zod and because krypton you know krypton 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 Krypton. 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 Krypton right? I'm like, there's so many like Krypton. 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 It um, blew up. They're like, oh, I'm trapped here. <laughs> Shit. And so he's kind of trying to convince Lex Luthor to get him out. So that's where you can have you know the mother mo- the mother box and like the boom tube stuff if you really want to include kind of that. And they're real dumb, so I don't really want to explain what they are. But 
the bit where Lex Luthor is being like, oh, the ring-a-ding-ding is all in my head. <sighs> so you can kind of explain that roundabout with the mother box slash boom tube with the noises they make. And maybe that's how they communicate. And there's like the sounds of bells, whatever, whatever he communicates or that sort of faint thing that gets louder. Kind of like in uh, Doctor Who, the sounds of drums. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it kind of gets yeah. louder and louder and louder and he- eventually just... Don't you could do a tiny little bit. I think it's sort of what you're mm. saying, like of like a Half Life Two thing with a, like in that Wallace Breen. If anybody remembers Half Life Two from fucking <laughs> a, over a decade ago, is like he's the uh, the kind of the 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 human uh, almost the translator between mm-hmm. the aliens that take over the planet and and the enslaved population. If you have like an alien get in touch with Lex, which I think is kind of what you're saying, and mm-hmm. being like. But but go even with sinister intentions. The alien's like, we're going to take over the planet. You got no chance. And Lex is like, oh, I think you're kind of right. He's like, but if you make it a little easier for us, we'll let you hang out with the uh, cool humans or yeah. something. And so Lex kind of becomes this guy who's like, let the aliens in. It's fine. Or he's working on their behalf under the false maybe mm. pretense that that he will therefore. Uh, I for one welcome our new yeah, Kryptonian yeah, yeah, overlords. Yeah. Sort of that kind of position. Oh yeah. So you could give, you know, go either one of two ways. There, mm. you could either have Lex being duped, Lex being like, no, fuck it. <laughs> Either way, I like him being duped because I like maybe Lex having a bit more arrogance mm. and being like he thinks he's so damn smart that like how could anyone dupe me? I'm a genius. Which you know this this Lex was hmm. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> So there, so we kind of um, have that. Steppenwolf will spin a yarn about, you know, oh, the Kryptonian said, oh, this frame is sick, get me out, whatever. <laughs> he gets out, and then we have a, maybe a big, scary, big monster to battle. And like, yeah. I don't know if I necessarily like this. But it makes a lot more sense in Doomsday. You know, yeah. And then you can have them, rather than just fighting a CGI monster that does nothing and says nothing, actually have Steppenwolf taunting them and or at least like stepping off like possessing lex or something oh, to make yeah. sure that his craziness made sense. i don't know stepping yeah. so i don't know if he can Me do neither. that i wouldn't have fucking clued this but, guy but um he makes doomsday for just like seemingly no reason it really mm. is that's what happens? one of the what, worst things what would have happened if superman came in and he's like here's the head of batman and threw it at lex's feet it's like oh you did it oh oh god mm. this is kind of this is kind of awkward <laughs> oh, actually uh not that I didn't trust you, Parko, <laughs> but I got this contingency plan here, and uh, yeah, does it listen to me? No, it doesn't. So we kind of got to uh, deal with this now. Yeah. So again, having that and having a big bad that is a little bit more maybe personal, and maybe he can be like, "I knew your father. Uh, I knew Jor-El." So whatever. Or Jor-El may have mm. been one of the people that put him in prison. So he's like, "Fuck you, Superman!" Too. Like I didn't realize you were here, but now I'm gonna get you good. Whatever it may be, and you have that kind of battle between them, and the big three can come together. Batman can look around. He's like, oh, "Okay, we're not doing good." So he's like, starts to coordinate them. Actually, shows some kind of semblance of forming a team. And he's like, "All right, all right, yeah, you know, Superman, do that." Oh man, we're we're not in an abandoned island. We're actually in civilians because I think just being in an abandoned place is a little bit stupid. But being like, no, 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 we're in a place of civilians, but we're being we're actively helping them out. I think shows a bit better as 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 superhero films go. Mm. Like, yes, there is going to be some civilian death, but we're going to try and make and show and go out our way to show that our, our superheroes are superheroing around. So Batman can be like, hey, while Wonder Woman is fighting, Superman, can you round up and make sure that the civilians are like three kilometers away? And for once in these films, we might actually get Superman saving some people's lives in a fight. That would be nice to Even see. Even if it's just by absence. It's yeah. by, I go away, the thing will follow me. 
mm. and then you can so, pack up the bat, the good guys. I just, I just want to see him lifting up someone and placing him down somewhere safe. That would be nice. And then say, eat your vegetables yeah. and fly away. There yeah, he goes. Um, so, you know, Wonder Woman fight for a bit, um, you know, distract him somewhat. And then Batman can just be like, well, I'm just a man in a suit. So, yep, I'm just going to stay here and I'll just coordinate and think my way out because I'm the world's greatest detective. Yeah, I that- want Batman coordinating the police. Yeah. I'd be like, the firefighters need to go into that building. No, I said that building. Batman away. Yeah. Like, that'd be kind of cool. Like, you know, showing that Batman is... Like, even though he doesn't have the strength to kind of go toe-to-toe with Wonder Woman or, or, or Superman, he's at least got the smarts to know where to place people in the best situation. So it's like, yeah, there's a fire breaking out. You go there. Like, you know, and you could even, if we want to, throw a cameo. Gordon. Yeah, you go over here. And you're like, oh, he said Gordon. They have a relationship. Yeah, and you don't actually, you don't actually show him. But no. Because you haven't cast not. him yet. And no. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Then you're done. Uh, J.K. Simmons, apparently. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So... Good. Yeah, and that that'd be interesting, I guess. No, I mean, I, I really just like J.K. Simmons. <laughs> it's like you, you I like J.K. Simmons. Like the best like actor it. in the world as any role yeah. in these movies, and I just be like, oh, sure. well, the movie around him them's gonna suck, so <laughs> yeah. I don't care. You're gonna have like you're gonna be a good great Commissioner Gordon, Judy Dench. <laughs> Switch that gender. Bring bring her yeah. like no, British M as Commissioner Gordon. That'd be oh, great. Fuck. Yeah, no, I'm sold. So whatever you have that Batman doing that, and basically they just save the day. They just save the fucking day. You don't have to sacrifice yourself. No one dies. You just come together and you save the fucking day. And you're like, yep, there's the three heroes. There's the three pillars of the DC fucking universe coming together, working together and being like, we did it. And then you still have Lex Luthor babbling like the dicker that he is. And we have a reason why he is babbling? Either you know he was possessed by Steppenwolf, or he, Steppenwolf kind of real fucked with him in the in the, in the time, you know, traveling through with the boom tube or whatever the fuck you want to do. Some like hand wave him explanation. Mm-hmm. You kind of give him a reason to be like, yes, yes, the bells are ringing. Ooh. <laughs> because at the moment I'm like, what, what, hmm. why, what bells, what bells? Because hmm. um, they don't set it up. <laughs> they don't set anything up. No, they don't pay off what they set up, and then they pay off what they don't set up. It's super weird. And then you have, um, because, you know, either Lex is being like, yes, the bells, or then you have Steppenwolf in the battle being like, you will bow to my master. You know, you will do all this thing. We will turn your, and like always referring to we and his superior and all this kind of shit. So then Batman can be like, ah, he's an underling. Good. Good to fucking know that. Right. I have a reason to. We need to get the gang together kind of stuff. Rather than like, I just feel it in my gut. I just have a real good gut feeling that we need a team. There's a fight coming. I don't know how or why, but there is. So, you know. You can also even just have a moment where, like, maybe, mm. maybe Stephen Wolf doesn't even say anything as obvious as uh, my master would do. Like, my master does. Maybe it's, like, it's, it's something, like, just something throwaway where, like, afterwards, you know, you could have the three of them, like, maybe having, like, a nice little human moment where they're talking, and Superman and Wonder Woman are like, oh, yeah, cool, we're done with that. And Batman's like, no, we're not, because he said this, mm. which means this, which means because he's the world's greatest detective. Mm-hmm. Means this, means this, means this, means this. That means there's something bigger out there, which gives value to Batman. He's yeah. coordinator and he's the smartest one because he's putting world's two greatest detective, right? That that's that's a character trait. Yep. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, apparently. I haven't seen yeah. any of the, any of the films recently, but no, yeah, but, no, it, but, but it's there, it's surely. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then you know you have them coming together, being like, "Yep, yeah, we did good." Having a nice little kind of you know that shawarma scene, if you want, but basically yeah, like not? a. 
you know, we're helping rebuild, or even help showing them rebuild the city again because oh, yeah. that's always that's always a nice touch. Uh, and then if you really, really want, and as I kind of seeded it in the beginning, or at least in the second act, with the Wonder Woman fighting the giant sea monster, is that you have Aquaman wash up on a shore somewhere with similar fucking injuries, as in like there's something in the sea that's coming. And yeah, sure. That's where you sort of end it. So you're like. Cool, there's my stinger for the next film. The next film, like what the Marvel films do, where it's like, gem film, not a gem film. Gem film, not a gem film. Um, same concept. You got like, yep, a dark seed film, not a dark seed film. So Aquaman is all about establishing what the fuck is going on in the ocean and all that kind of stuff. And maybe you can kind of, he can get the help from Wonder Woman or whatever if you need to. And honestly, that that is that is what I would do for a, a perfect Superman or Batman v Superman film. It's not perfect in any way, but again, I think it's better than what the fuck we got. Yeah. So, set up Metropolis, fucking sweet city. You set up Gotham as the polar opposite, as just a a, a hive of scum and villainy. Uh, Frame it as a bit of, you know, an investigative journalist as opposed to a detective kind of thing. And you have it a battle of ideologies because I think that's what works. You know, when you have two people that come to you know a different conclusion about the same thing and you have that as a battle of ideologies superman you know wants the world to be this way and batman is all that's not the way the world works you know that way they can you know both have character growth because if you strip away all the superhero mm. elements that's what every movie is that's what every story is should it's people be people who disagree or, or think differently about things yeah. trying to <clears throat> butting heads yep. be, be it uh, via literal butting of heads or mm-hmm. by arguments or circumstances or whatever yeah. like that's how stories happen yeah, you look at zootopia you know, the, yeah. and it's kind of like uh the bunny is just like you know whatever it's just in our genetics that's why the carnivores went crazy you know what i mean it's just and then 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 you know fox, the fox is like, is like yeah, really? that's a pretty naive huh. racist opinion to yeah. have. yo that those people now yeah. well and it's just a really nice kind of you know and then she learns to be a little bit less you know that and he learns to be a bit better person it's yeah. a good fucking film yeah. it's why, like the, well the best conflicts in cinema are always between characters where you look at them and you're like i get where both of you yeah. are coming from exactly because that makes it complex and that uh-huh. makes it complex for the audience because uh-huh. it's not just sitting there being like oh yeah cool good guy's gonna beat the bad guy yeah. okay so yeah sure there's conflict on a surface level but like where's you know like a bit like i keep bringing this up but prince of egypt a bit of deeper mm-hmm. conflict where it's like <laughs> i actually get where both of them are coming mm. from and beyond that i get why both of them don't want to fight each other but mm. they have to yeah and good, that's beautiful good conflict good, good conflict good so conflict. with this you ha- have them both coming from the different ideas of like Superman really wanting the world to be a better place and Batman being like, you just, you need to be a bit more realist. And so when they, when the, by the time the film ends, they're both shown a bit of, bit of growth. Superman learns to not be so naive about the world and Batman learns to be a little more hopeful about the world and have the fight not just to be about something of Lex Luthor orchestrating some weird thing, but a culmination of several things that lead to it. Batman going, I think, from wanting Superman to stop just fighting you need more training you're just being like what you're doing you're not thinking hard enough you're not thinking things through and going from there to be like you need either better training or just to stop to then being like no i want to put you down <laughs> like that, that needs to be a progression of thought or at least action to to kind of i think him coming out swinging being like no 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 gotta kill him is a little bit of a jump yeah. whereas if he's like he needs training mm. no he just needs to calm down mm. He's not learning a fucking thing. Nah, I'm going to put him down. That to me is a bit better. And Superman can just 
be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And Lex framing him, you know, fueling that sort of um, fight from afar is kind of nice. And you have that sort of, especially if we go with that idea that, you know, Lex is the son of, you know, Lex Sr., who Bruce Wayne was good friends with, and Lex is sort of coming in to maybe take over the Wayne Enterprise, and you have that kind of, you know, little bit more personal stakes of it all is kind of nicer, not just having them meet at a fucking party. There's a weird um, reversal in this movie and is that they make it that Batman's the one, as you were just saying, who's like, I'm going to kill Superman. Mm. He's got to die. Mm. Uh, which makes sense because maybe because Batman's old and he's grizzled, but Superman has been set up by Man of Steel as being really angsty and sort of like yeah. hormonal maybe. Like he's, he's almost at the pubescence of his life and that yeah, he's unreliable and, and swayed emotionally. And it, it therefore would almost make more sense if this version of Superman was the one who decided he was going to kill Batman, as yeah. opposed to Batman deciding he was going to kill Superman. Yeah, yeah, I think that's not a bad idea. Because cause Superman's angsty, and, and like, this isn't, this is far and away not the perfect pitch for this movie, but this mm-hmm. is maybe what I'd, I'd throw out as a, as a suggestion, which isn't very good. And going off on some of the stuff that you've said about, like, how the whole Metropolis thing happens, it's really bad, really bums out Bruce Wayne. And then we go to Superman kind of fixes everything. It makes Metropolis great again. And all the criminals leave because they're scared and they go to Gotham, which bums mm-hmm. Batman out, which is what you're talking about. And uh, Clark gets an assignment to uh, investigate Bruce Wayne uh, mm-hmm. for the Daily Planet. So he interviews Bruce Wayne. And then halfway through the interview, Bruce Wayne drops something on him and like, oh, yeah, this is a great interview, Clark. Or should I say, kell or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> well, do you know the identity? And then it becomes like a mentorship kind of mm-hmm. movie where... Bruce Wayne is like, look, you got power, kid, and I know your heart's in the right place, but you need to learn a few things about saving a city because you don't let that stuff happen again. I'm Batman, by the way. Let's uh, <laughs> let this hang out. And then Bruce Wayne Miyagi's uh, Superman, and they, they form like kind of a sort of father, not a father-sonny thing, but Batman's so old in this universe, <laughs> and Superman's so hormonally. Isn't like, this like a beautiful idea of like, <laughs> super, like Batman almost giving, like, you know, like having almost a costume change, right? Mm-hmm. And like he gives him the Robin Key outfit. Or he gives him like the Nightwing outfit, and Superman's like, "It's just no, not working. I just, I'm, I'm going to go back to my <laughs> yeah. own red and blue. If that's fine." No, that would be a moment of humor, though. Yeah, yeah, that's have that. exactly. yeah that, would, that would almost be enjoyable. Yeah. But also on top, like coming back to what we were saying earlier about, um, about like you know, <laughs> like the idea of even like the really tight tights. Yeah, that would that would be <laughs> like the green short tight tights, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah," and Superman like, "No." Ah. <laughs> But just I'd like that's what you're saying earlier about like mm. like leaning into the mistakes of Man of Steel or like finding a way to take the mistakes of Man of Steel and turn them into something good. Mm-hmm. This way, instead of just kind of being like, oh yeah, we're just going to sort of keep going with that and not really change anything. This way, you're being like, no, we're actively leaning into the idea that this is a hormonal, angry Superman mm. who needs to be put in check because he's not quite Superman yet. Because that's mm. a good idea and to lean into the, exactly. The so puberty what, what, aspect. Basically, what you're pitching yeah. is, yeah, that's. That we do lean into that, and we're like, yeah, Superman fucked up, and so he needs somebody to shape him. Well, because Bruce, Bruce is looking in in this version. He he wants to pass on his mm-hmm. his his things because he's getting old. He's getting too old for yeah. this shit. He doesn't want to fight crime anymore. He doesn't want to run Wayne Enterprises. So he wants somebody to take over Wayne Enterprises. He finds Lex, and he's mm-hmm. like, you seem pretty cool. Maybe he knew his dad, yeah. sort of a thing. Sells Wayne Enterprises to Lex. He does know his dad. That makes it more interesting because he's already mm-hmm. said that he's got the dad. Yeah. So he trusts him. So he sells. Or he lets Lex take over Wayne Enterprises, and he basically lets Superman take over saving the world, but he's trying to guide both of them. Mm-hmm. And Lex ends up going on this really wayward path that makes him suspicious of Superman also not going on a wayward path. And then 
you know, Lex uh, Lex also does something which I don't know what it is, but you know, like broad strokes. Lex does something which makes Superman think Bruce is bad, and and Bruce think uh, Supes is bad, and they end up having a fight. How so that it lives it up to the name. Batman inadvertently made that happen, though. Like mm. Batman inadvertently pits, pit, pit, pitted them against each other. Mm. Like just because you know he's to Superman, he's Batman to Lex, he's Bruce Wayne, and maybe try and keep personas separate. He espouses different ideologies to both of them. Mm. And I, I like, I, I, I don't know what I'm, I'm, I'm talking extremely yeah. broad strokes yeah. here, but do you see what I mean? Where it's like he, in, like in trying to lie to, maybe thing. in trying to lie to Lex Luthor to cover up something, yeah, yeah. he, you know, talks down his opinion about Superman and maybe does something similarly inverse to mm. Superman. And in doing that, maybe plants the seeds for a conflict that he's then going to have to resolve. And then you have that whole element of him being like, this is kind of my fault. I'm going to have to step in and deal with Superman myself. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking yeah. out loud. I'm yeah, literally spitballing uh, ideas. But. Yeah, it would have to be something like big and that kind of thing. But I love the idea of you have these two pseudo-sons now and you kind of make it a nice more of a familial and yeah. kind of personal story where you have Lex is the son that... Like like Prince of Egypt. Like Prince of Egypt. <laughs> Prince of Egypt. Lex is the son of Bruce and Batman's the son, um, Superman's the son of Batman in a way. And they're like, ah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and and maybe you you maybe you have Lex as someone who is always going to go off the ra- off the rails anyway. Like I think you mm. well, he should mean well, and I don't know the comics very well, so I can't speak for like the comic things. But I, I guess Arguably, I'm going for a movie thing. This character is not in the comics, yeah. So right. you could do whatever you want with him. But well, I, I like just make him capitalistically of... focused. Like yeah. I, I would make it. I would do almost. It's maybe a little Iron Manny, but basically Lex takes over Wayne Enterprises, uh-huh. and he discovers on all these documents that have been hidden the designs for the Batmobile, the designs for the mech bat suit, all the bat gear, and he's like, oh "My God, Bruce is Batman." That's not as mind-blowing as why isn't Bruce selling this shit? We could make a killing. Maybe mm-hmm. if the government's don't want it on the black market, we could make heaps. And Lex turns Wayne uh-huh. Enterprises into this kind of evil or weapons dealership. You somehow get that with Kryptonite and you can combine like, <clears throat> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's way better. I'm guessing, you know, uh, maybe maybe Lex doesn't piece together. Maybe he's like, nah, Bruce Wayne's not Batman. He just supplied Batman with all his stuff. Right. But it's like, but we've got this Superman <laughs> very problem. very dumb. Man. Very dumb. Um, but he's got all this Superman's like, you know, this kryptonite. And maybe Bruce Wayne was maybe toying with the idea of what happens if he went rogue. But then he's like, you know, scrap that idea. But then Lex finds it. And so then he starts militarizing like a bat suit with... Kryptonian power. That turns Superman against him. Superman sees it and he's like, You approved this. He's like, like I didn't know you. it was gonna get manufactured. And it's like, like But you, you you planned to kill me. You knew You weren't you training are. me, you were preening me for my grave. Yeah. Whatever. And that's where they're coming from. Fucking teenage Yeah, that would be much more mm. easy than just like next time they're shining your light <laughs> in the sky. Don't go to it. I will. I forget who's who. We have the same voice. <laughs> I'm like, why is Batman that. saying, no, that's Superman. No, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Why is Batman dressed as Superman? Oh. Uh, uh, but yeah, that could be a really nice little touching moment. And, and from Superman's perspective, it's like, you've betrayed me. And mm. from Batman's perspective, it's like, Lex betrayed me. Ah, that's... Oh, and then they have to fight. Oh. And that would, that would be my big bad, which isn't good. But mm. if you have to have a big bad that they fight against, which they didn't really for Civil War, not to go on a tension, but they mm. didn't fight a big bad at the end, which was it kind, was of, kind of, of good. Which was good. It was, it was a nice touch. But they, they raised emotional stakes very high before, yeah. that big, before the big fight. But I'd, I'd make the big bad maybe 
Lex discovers all these Batman things. Maybe he fills them with kryptonite or whatever. And let's say they're maybe autonomous and he mm. turns them on. So now it's a uh, uh, hundred bat suits, Versus mechanized bat suits, all like, you know, like kind of autonomous Batman mm-hmm. that Batman can't fight alone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Superman can't fight alone because they're filled with kryptonite. So they got to do something. And so maybe they got to work together. And how do you shoehorn Wonder Woman in? <laughs> I, I See, I don't <laughs> think that I would. I, I, I think I wouldn't shoehorn Wonder Woman in. I think that's the... Uh, the, the overarching issue with this film is that there's two, basically. And by two, I mean A and B because of their numbers. Mm-hmm. So problem one as an A mm-hmm. is that they're building off of a flawed foundation, which is Man of Steel. And But I understand why they kind of had to keep that continuity up yeah. because they're so far behind uh, Marvel. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and, and B is they're so far behind Marvel still. They're trying mm. to cram, like, cram like six movies or whatever it was into before the one, Avengers yeah. like into one and, and and that's really disjointing that they just drop one to a minute and here's a flash and whatever like I, th- I think it sort of is a shame that the first on-screen real life uh, depiction of Wonder Woman has to be shoehorned into a Batman v Superman yeah. film like Everyone is touting like, oh, Wonder Woman's done so great. Like, I, I, I disagree. I think Wonder Woman's done poorly, and I love Wonder Woman. I, Wonder Woman's one of my favorite characters of the DC universe, and making her like a third wheel in this film was kind of—it's almost insulting. unfair and it's, insulting. Yeah, it's a bummer. Like, give her her own movie first. Like, yeah. first give her because she's like, getting her own movie, but. Like fuck! If we're talking about how do you build on a foundation of the, to like what DC does. Fucking make Wonder Woman and do it all about battling oh, gods. Oh, yeah. Screw oh. the Man of Steel sequel. Just jump straight into a Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. And then you set up a, a universe that's a bit more magical and a bit more mm. kind of heightened from the get-go. And that makes whatever this was maybe more palatable. Yeah. And then, like, to kind of go to get on, you know, you could do something which, like, DC could almost have one over Marvel in a way. Where it's like, not not just did we make a Wonder Woman film, but we've done, like, we're doing the very first superhero film that is a female superhero film. And we're basing our whole franchise on that. So yeah, the, we're progressive and we're exactly great. That yeah, would the, be a way to get the edge. Over the Marvel, cynic in, in all of us is being like, that makes sense from a business point of view. Mm. Like one of the movie would just be cool regardless, but also that's a great pitch to the execs. It's yeah. like first female lead superhero movie, and you know that's something that you could really t- you know tout over Marvel if you wanted to do something like that. And there, if yeah. I had to put Wonder Woman in my BVS rewrite, I would I, I would have it as essentially. As a as a post credit sequence, like not actually post credits, oh, yeah. but just right at the end, you, you it's the cliffhanger of the next movie. Is like I think we might have an ally, but I'm not sure. And he passes over a photo of Wonder Woman or whatever. Like again, that's oh, yeah. shitty, but it's it's better yeah. than kind of it's kind of just the tipping her mm. when you uh, put mm. her into this movie. Because I think if you kind of put in that, like she comes in at the end, it's very, you know, deus ex machina of just being like, and here's Wonder Woman to save the day. Yeah, but not, then not again, to save the day after the conflict. She, she, yeah, make, yeah, she yeah. Nick furies them, essentially. Yeah. But then again, this film kind of deus ex machina hers oh, anyway. Like, yeah. She's kind of shoehorn in there. Which is really shitty for, for yeah, Wonder Who Woman. is she with? Him or him? Oh, you sent an email, yeah. Bruce! <laughs> you piece of shit! Oh. Fuck! Let's go to detective. Swings out of frame like Tarzan. <laughs> <sighs> I said the mystery that I can solve. It was me. <laughs> Fuck you. No, I like that. I like, I like the idea of having Bruce as a mentor and then sort of like taking the table sort of switch. I, I think you could have. I don't. I don't know how you'd. Well, yeah. I'd it makes it, makes it better in, when they fight if they were true. friends first. It makes the stakes a yeah, little higher. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, and also, how would you shoehorn all the like the cyborg and Aquaman cameos? I wouldn't go near it. No. Or if you had to, if that was a mandate by the execs, it would be in the same way it would with Wonder Woman. Is at the end a dossier is passed, and in the dossier is 
pictures of all of them. So yeah, not and that's the clip. What, what if um what if what if one of the characters opens up a computer uh-huh, uh-huh. and there's a bunch of files with like yeah, and all the files yeah, like yeah. symbols? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. as long of, as like, they have the well characters graphic design and symbols. As long as we have a preview, like yeah. a, a bit of before that, where Lex is like, "I need you to design some graphics of these like characters that we that we've seen on some security. This guy runs real fast. We're calling him Running Really Fast Man. Anyone yeah. got like?" Anything better than that? Anything flashier? The... Flashier. Flash. <laughs> we should call him Sheer. It's like, it's like, what about Flash? It's like, that's even better. It's like, pass me that flash drive. Flash drive. <laughs> How about just Flash? Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll call the next guy Drive. <laughs> but he's kind of cyborgic. Cyborgic. Cyborg. Yes. <laughs> so that, yes. Ah, oh, good. Ah, oh, that movie. So many, so many dumb choices. So many dumb things that happened. <sighs> Uh, yeah, every, I just every single scene in the movie. I know this isn't the point of this chat, but just gets to be unpacked. Like Batman outrunning an explosion is just so funny to me when he uh, jumps on Martha Kent. Uh, that's that's just crazy. <laughs> it's just silly, but like not in a silly that I can stomach. Yeah, like, there's a lot of bullshit well, here. It's not fun. That's the problem. It's not fun. Silly. Like yeah. it's it's. It's this weird disconnect between being totally ridiculous and completely dumb, but also takes itself so seriously. But but its seriousness is what's the silliest thing about them. Yeah, it, is that it it's its style of seriousness is so misguided that it is silly. Like mm. not to just go on about a point we've already spoken about, but the Nolan films were serious, but they made sense. Like that that seriousness actually was like uh, cohesive. And a consistent throughout the film was this is just like it's like a tool music video kind of stretched out for three fucking hours. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah, I see that. But yeah, I, I think either having something which is a bit more like I think the biggest mistake they made was not making Clark and Superman. I'm sorry, Clark and, and Bruce friends before they, they fought. And I think that was one of like a, a grave mistake. And I think. Yeah, that's where the comic comes in, right? Because yeah. the comics, you didn't have to do it all in one movie, but but the comics, it takes place after they've been buddies yeah. and they've worked together for a long time, so there's something there. And I think, yeah, not having them friends, shoehorning in every cameo that you can think of, and like the more I think about it, the more just disappointed I am with the whole Wonder Woman storyline, because... It is a shame that we haven't yet had a Wonder Woman on screen that is solely a Wonder Woman film. And then for them to give them, for her, this as their opening salvo. Her motivation in the movie is to require a JPEG. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, am I misremembering it? But that's, no, no, that's, that's her plot. That's, that's her storyline. That's it. Like, that's the first storyline of a Wonder Woman that we get in a film is she needs a JPEG, <clears> which she then gets in an email, but it's still... Like it's isn't on, being deleted from other things. It's on the Gmail server, mate. Yeah, and it's also... It's going to be there. <laughs> what is it proving? Like, like it, she doesn't say, like, if this JPEG uh, of me got out, even though it's a compressed uh, image format, it could really screw up my life. Like, no. I don't know why she wants it back. She doesn't explain. She's like, just like, he has a photo of me. And you're like, this is in a modern world where cell phone hacks are happening as an attractive woman. There's a connotation here that's even more offensive. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you've got... Because, um, like, the guy who designed... He created Wonder Woman, I think, was a massive, like, into the bondage scene from oh, memory. Yeah? 
Like, I think that would been, make sense as to why it kind of designed superhero-y sort of like things. Like lasso stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, It was yeah. all, apparently, he was like this real fucking hard yeah, with the bondage. Yeah, bracelets kind of, yeah. whatever, bangles or whatever. So, like, you know, it's just like, got this picture of me. It's just like Wonder Woman tied up this, like, <laughs> yeah. guy. And he's just like, you know, all in like, the leather stuff. It's like, it's just, it would do real bad for my image if I got out. I just don't yeah, want Yeah, I'm out. trying to delve I mean, into the corporate sector. and It's real awkward yeah. now. I mean, look, I was fun, but... What stakes could him having that photo possibly have? But that's the thing, like, it doesn't establish who Wonder Woman is at all. Like, who was she? Yeah, and I, like, I don't know the comments. I don't know who she is. Like, there's so many iterations I, of it. it. Doesn't really matter. But like, who was she in this film? She's on a plane. She's sort of dressed like a businesswoman socialite kind of she's high parties? society thing. But was it a yeah. matter of her just wanting the photo? Because obviously, I mean, you saw like Chris Pine's. Mm. I guess forthcoming love interest character in the Wonder Woman film, whatever. Like, was it a matter of like that photo was the only connection she had to her past? Yeah, like a Maybe. sentimental. Was but that when was she that it? finally Cause... sees it, she just keeps scrolling on through. Yeah. She doesn't be like, oh, I wonder if there's any other Pine. memes in this email. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it, there's no there's no reason for her to want that. There's no reason for anything. Like, it's just you could have had something else to be like. Okay, here's a here's a you know Wonder Woman drunkenly destroying a city, just being like, I miss my boyfriend. Smashes down a building, like something happened there. Or, or at least like Lex, Lex doesn't have a photo. He's got something that belongs to me, and it's her armor. So we don't know that she's Wonder Woman oh, or something. And then it's yeah, like an, as oh, simple yeah. as that. Like that would be cool because then there'd be a moment where even like this is lame, but let's say if Bruce mm. has to give it to Wonder Woman because they even sword. take her gumption away that no, Bruce no, has to get fuck it. Fuck armor. Sword. Yeah, she, sword. He's whatever. got a sword. She, she gets a deli- delivery from Mr. Wayne to Miss Prince or whatever her name yeah, is. Yeah, and yeah. she's like, I did not expect thy delivery because she's got this weird Christoph Lambert voice. And then she opens <laughs> it up and it's the sword. And, and it's like, yeah, I got this for you, Bruce. That'd be better than a fucking email. That'd be cool. And also, that would be summoning her to the fight because yeah. giving her a weapon or some armor or yeah, something exactly. that is like, yeah. like I need your help. Bring this, Bruce. Or even the fucking lasso of truth or whatever it is because as you said yeah. like, before, you were like, you know, yep, yeah, we'll just like cut away, cut back. She's tied him up with a lasso. Cut away. Yeah, but <laughs> cut not back. a lasso. A lasso made of lightsabers. And yeah. as, a, as a non- uh, Wonder Woman aficionado, to just cut to that as a, a, as a thing odd. with that introduction is just... Uh, very dumb yeah, like even have the braces like yeah the braces and the sword having been delivered to that and she opens up and she's like oh yeah it is on like Donkey but Kong then goes. Bruce wouldn't be able to ask who she was with and then he could be like who she with and then he just winks and like is well, it with you Superman's, Bruce yes Superman starts it so you could even do that exact line of dialogue because Superman says is she with you and then Bruce go like damn straight <laughs> like that would that would still be a quip it yeah. still sucks but, but like it matter? makes more sense than I thought she was with you yeah it's like is she with you and he's like no I thought he was with you like yeah she is although maybe it's just that Bruce forgot because he's a drunk because we've established <laughs> he's already drunk so much wine that there won't be enough Please wine left for the next generation the next not generation. that there's likely to be a next generation of <laughs> oh rains. Alfred you sass queen god there's just so many like you can do Big changes to fix this fucking film, or just little tiny ones, yeah. would also fix this fucking yeah. film. Wouldn't they fix couldn't it, but it possibly would make it hurt. Yeah. yeah, at this point. My God. And on that note, I've been Joel. I've been Gabe. I've been Michael. And Michael, you've got a 
kick-ass series that we could all watch right now, correct? Yes, our former TV series, now on the web series, The Wizards of Oz, is on YouTube uh, for free in pointless Ultra HD 4K. So <laughs> ch- check it out uh, at youtube.com uh, forward slash TimTimFed, I think it is. Uh, the Wizards of Oz, AUS. Yes. Check it out. Because Oz like Australia, not That's Oz That's the pun. Yeah, Oz. yeah. With puns like that, I should definitely be on a podcast about rewriting big movies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Gabe, you got a new book. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a book. Yeah, good. Cool. Oh, don't make me feel like an asshole being like, here's three sentences about my thing. And you're like, I got a book. You put on some sunglasses, like stub out your no, cigar no, I'm, and your I'm, I'm, and then slide I'm pretty the sure the ad or some something thereabouts has been attached to like every movie maintenance episode for like the last and people are probably sick of hearing about it. There's a book. It's real get good. It, get it if you're inclined. It's it's fun. It's got it's got it's got bad jokes in it. And, I really enjoyed and it. And stuff. So, uh, and, yeah. and the audio uh, the audio version will be happening fairly soon. Don't worry. We'll keep you posted. Um, and then you can have Gabe uh, uh, lull you to sleep. Regale with you with my dulcet tones. Mm, you and my terrible bitches. American accents. Oh, you're doing American accents in I the audio I do audiobook. all the accents. Can you, can you give me a I've taste? Got, no, I'm not going to. Oh, no, <laughs> no. different regions of America? Or no, just like there's, no, there's only one American character, but like there's, I, I have a slightly different accent for every character. And it was really fun until you listen to it back again. Then you're like, oh, there's a reason I don't act anymore. <laughs> oh, I love it. Boon, my boy. Oh. Boon. No, it's great. Oh, it's I had fun. I enjoyed myself. That was great. All right. I'm definitely getting the audiobook there. Wait. <laughs> If you think this show is worth at least a dollar, why not donate to our Patreon account? Follow the links on our website, sanspantsradio.com.